We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Krzyzewski takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, fakes it in on the foul. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Post Game Show, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host for the night, J.D. Silva. Let's go over the game, guys. Uh, so heading into tonight, heading into tonight uh, the Thunder only had seven games left uh, on their schedule, six after, after tonight's uh, loss. Comes against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, it's a game coming in that the Thunder needed to lose to maintain their, their goal of getting a top three pick. And boy, did they lose it. Uh, they gave up 136 points to the Hawks tonight, uh, losing 136 to 118. Uh, it does seem like just everyone's ready for this season to be over. Uh, all the, I think the top half of the roster skill-wise are, are benched right now for injuries, load management, things like that, just to kind of close the season out and not not cause any aggravations to any of those injuries and, and at least stay in the fourth in the fourth slot as far as uh draft odds listen to okc starting lineup tonight poku teo maladon Vit krejci and isaiah roby uh, i believe was it jeremiah robinson earl also started there yes uh jeremiah robinson earl returned uh and he's on a minutes restriction it was limited to around 15 played about 16 uh tonight looked all right uh but boy Coming into this game, um, I, I was a, I was worried that OKC was going to somehow keep it close, like they kept the Denver game uh, last week. That was not the case at all. Uh, Atlanta still has something to play for. Atlanta's actually in the 10 spot in the East, um, so still firmly in the play-in. There's not really a fear of them dropping out because the Knicks, uh, I think, are four or five games back. But they are at least uh, still in the realm of passing Charlotte and going into the 9 spot. Uh, Atlanta's just had a strange, strange season. Uh, but let's, we don't have to talk too much about box scores and kind of, and what OKC did tonight, because I don't think these games stat wise are going to be that consequential, regardless of, of what the outcome is, wins or losses, what these players tally up. There were at least some fun, some fun moments tonight. Uh, fun, fun thing coming in. Lindy Waters played against his old high school teammate, Trey Young, of course, uh, both played together at Norman North high school. 
Uh, and Lenny Waters having to have a career night, uh, scoring 25 points, uh, getting four rebounds and one assist. Uh, that was a blast. I know his dad's in the stands cheering for him, uh, chatted up with Trey Young after the game was over. So that was fun. You have to find small things to look forward to in games like this uh, at the end of the season when everyone in, everyone in the organization, all the fans are just kind of trudging through it. The arena's not too packed uh, these days unless you're playing against a nationally famous team like the Celtics or the Warriors, something like that. So it's tough. Um, I know with there only being six games left and with the Thunder's win against Portland uh, in the last game, that essentially locked OKC into the fourth best lottery odds. Like it's going to be tough for them to get up into third. There, there is the, I wouldn't say it's a 0% chance, um, but the game on Friday, their next game against Detroit, they have to lose that game to Detroit in order to have any chance of, of moving up into the third best slot. And, um, you know, getting into the third spot at this point is not really going to gain them a ton as far as getting, as far as their chances for the number one pick, but it does allow them to not slide quite as far back. I think the Thunder can slide to the seventh or eighth pick if they're in the fourth, the fourth slot. Of course, they were in the fourth slot last year and got Josh Giddy, who is a, a real gem of a player. This draft, I don't, is not projected to be as deep as as this year's draft was. So the Thunder want to do everything they can to get a top four pick. Um, so keep an eye out on that game. On it, it, it is bothersome that the game is taking place on April Fool's Day. I talked about that on the Sunday podcast. Just kind of feels like doomed. Thunder are gonna win that game. It's gonna be a cruel joke. Uh, since the Thunder have kind of become like the known as the tanking team, um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's go through some some box score stats uh, for OKC. Some fun ones for Atlanta too. But um, Poku, thirteen four and eight tonight, uh, continuing his role as just kind of a glue guy. That it's clear that Mark Dagnall wants him to be a creator, a facilitator of some sort, uh, especially with Teo being the only other ball handler that's out there at, the, at any given point. Uh, I think Poku has looked, you know, more calm. He's not doing insane stuff all the time. Obviously he had that pass in the Portland game that went into like the fifth row uh, completely over his teammates head. But I think Poku is at least trying to be more decisive. It is hard whenever he's playing with guys who can't shoot at all. And um, po- even Poku is getting crowded when he tries to drive. I do. I tweeted during the game from uh, from the uncontested account that I at least appreciate that Poku's trying stuff. You know, he 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 just kind of drives. His drives kind of look like Darius Baisley's early drives in his career, where he just kind of drives head first, doesn't really know what's going to happen, and throws the ball up, hoping for the best. A lot of times, it gets blocked or is an air ball. It just it, it looks tough. Poku's shot hasn't looked very good. It's all it's always been really flat, and it still looks flat. Um, but I'm not I'm not out on Poku by any means. And uh, these games at the end of the season, where when he's playing with hardly any other skilled players uh, on the floor at any given time, I don't put a ton of stock into that. Speaking of another player, I don't put a ton of stock in. Teo Maladon uh, had another productive night box score wise, 18-4 and eight tonight. Uh, he was <laughs> a big reason why the Thunder were able to beat the Blazers in the last game. And he's a big. He's been a reason why they've been competitive in a lot of other games, which is just insane. Um, saw a lot more of the usual tail stuff, though, just driving into the lane, kind of not knowing what to do once he got there, and then kicking it back out to someone that wasn't open. 
a lot of that happening tonight. Um, our buddy and uh, fellow co-host Nick Crane tweeted that Veet Krejci is uh, kind of an intriguing player, has a nice, has a unique skill set, and I agree. I haven't watched a ton of, of Veet this year myself um, outside of what we've gotten in the last couple weeks, and I've, I've been pretty impressed too. He's, he's skilled. Um, I know he dealt with a lot of injuries uh, both overseas and when he first got to the – started playing for the Blue. So I'm kind of curious what he can look like – what he can look like next season, um, knowing that he'll be on this roster still. I wonder if he is going to re- start regaining some of that athleticism that maybe he lost through all these injuries. Um, he has he has a lot of skills. He was taking step back threes. He was driving. Um, he I believe scored yeah nine five and five was his line tonight. So nothing too crazy, but he had a lot of nice passes to Lindy Waters. He was a big reason why he kept getting open shots. Um, Isaiah Roby just keeps filling up the box score when he plays. Um, even though I think he's somewhat of a disaster on defense, he scored uh, 14 points tonight, picked up uh, nine rebounds and two assists. And that's that's a lot of the big stuff. Uh, Lindy Waters, of course, scored 25. Uh, JRE just scored nine, but he only played 16 minutes. Uh, Olivier Saar um, scored 17. I was not aware that Olivier Saar could shoot at all. Can we get, um, because it's, you know, it's Olivier Saar, I knew he could... I knew he was one of the more athletic bigs that we had, and I was appreciative of that. But um, he shot a couple threes tonight. He was shooting mid-rangers. Uh, I kind of told myself when I saw him take his first mid-range shot, I was like, all right, yeah, the Thunder are not going to keep <laughs> – if that's the shot that the Thunder are getting at this point, I don't think they're going to keep this game very close at all. Um, and it wasn't. Uh, we can move on a bit to uh, the Atlanta box score. Trey Young had 30 at half. Um, and honestly, for a while, it, it looks like the Hawks were going to score 150 points in this game. Um, they got pretty dang close. They uh, scored 136, uh, but Trey Young was a big reason why. Uh, 41, 2, and 8 for Trey Young tonight. Just kind of doing whatever he wanted to do. Uh, that floater comes out, I think, faster than anyone else's floater in the NBA. It's uh, And it's, it's a skill that he has to have at being his size. He's got to be able to get that off, and uh, it feels like he shoots an extremely high percentage uh, with that shot. Taking a lot of insane threes when they were up by nearly 30 points, like one-legged fadeaway threes, which I don't really understand that, but that's Trey Young. He's going to take those shots. He has the confidence to to make them and take them. Um, another kind of wild thing that happened tonight when the, so the Hawks for a large part of the large part of the game were shooting over 60% from three. That's kind of how they got to the 30 point lead in the second quarter. Uh, Kevin Knox kind of crawled out of his grave, his NBA grave. Uh, forgot he was traded to the Hawks in the Cam Reddish deal earlier this season. Uh, scored 17 tonight, just kept hitting three after three after three in that second quarter and really allowed Atlanta to pull away whenever OKC didn't have the firepower to compete. Um, and speaking of firepower, Atlanta had three other guys all scored 19 or 20 points. Uh, Kevin Herter and uh, Bogdanovich scored 20, and then DeAndre Hunter scored 19. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Atlanta's a really interesting team because they obviously were really it, it felt like last season when they went all in in free agency and got, you know, brought in Danilo Gallinari, brought in Bogdanovich. And I think they signed uh, Capella to a larger contract. It kind of felt like, oh wow, they're like really pushing some of their chips in and trying to compete. And I a lot of people doubted them. A lot of people said, "Hey, maybe you should punt another season and try and get another draft pick, try and get another young contract, young guy on the team. But they made the Eastern Conference Finals. Some of that was because of injury, like the, the matchups they face in the playoffs. But, you know, that happens every playoffs. That's I don't put an asterisk an asterisk beside beside their ECF run uh, last season by any means. But they come in this season, they start out flat. Um, you get the quote from Trey Young, like 15 games into the season, whenever they're under 500, saying, We're, he, I think he said, yeah, we're just having a hard time getting motivated. The regular season's really boring. And that, that just felt like an odd statement to make for a, a guy that had only made the playoffs, I think, once at that point, only made the deep run once at least, and really haven't, hadn't proven that much to be saying things like that. It just felt like odd. Like, it, you should still be trying. You should still take pride in, in being a, a successful player and a successful team. And they've kind of been lackadaisical all season long. You know, they're the 10th seed in, albeit a strengthened Eastern Conference, but they're still the 10th seed. Uh, I just thought with the talent they had on that team uh, that they could do better. And I think they will be better next season. They're going to have to figure some things out. Um, they got to find a way to play Inyeko Kongwu more and Clint Capella less. I know they just extended Clint Capella, but Okongwu is a much more modern big uh, in, in this league, and he's also a much cheaper player. So if they can somehow flip Capella, I know John Collins and Trey Young, it feels like once a season, John Collins comes out and complains about his role on the Hawks, and I think that happened again this season. But John Collins is out now, uh, about only about 10 days, 10 days until uh, the season's over, and John Collins has a couple injuries. I think it's a lower extremity and then like a finger 
uh, fracture. So I don't know when or if he's coming back, uh, but Atlanta's going to be probably playing the Hornets first game of the play-in. Then if they move on from there, of course they're going to play either the Cavs or the Nets for that eight for the eight spot just to stay just to stay alive in the playoffs. I think there's a chance that there's always a chance if you have an explosive scorer like Trey Young and all those other guys I mentioned that scored 20 tonight. If you have all those guys on a roster, like there's always going to be a chance that they do something exciting and make someone of a run. But I think the East is just too strong, too strong this year. Um, up and down. I feel like there's, there's too many skill teams. The Hornets, the Hornets are good. The Nets have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that can now uh, Kyrie that can now play every game unless he goes to Toronto. Uh, Cavs are beat up. Toronto is awesome. Chicago's getting their guys back. And then you have the big four, of course, in the East. Uh, I don't really see how they get. If they do make the actual playoffs, I don't really know how they get out of the first round. Uh, if they end up playing like a Miami, Milwaukee, a Boston, any of those top four teams. So ultimately, I think it's going to end up being a disappointing season for Atlanta. But um, that's the way it goes sometimes whenever you push your cards in early and things don't work out uh, the season after. Uh, let's let's talk about a couple things uh, looking ahead for the Thunder. I mentioned earlier that they do play Detroit uh, on April 1st, this Friday, April Fool's. Um, that's going to be the last head-to-head against uh, those any of the teams ahead of them in the in the tank standings. Uh, I know they play Portland one more time, which I'm just I don't really I don't know if I care as much about the Portland game since uh, it, it seems unlikely that Indiana will uh, jump Oklahoma City into the four spot uh, as of tonight. Okay, still uh, Indiana, though they've lost five straight, is still uh, three games ahead of OKC, so I don't think that's that's likely, but. Something that I've, uh, before we head out tonight, I know this is going to be a shorter stream. This game was, of course, uh, a bit boring and inconsequential overall. It was just kind of a, another tallied loss. Um, I, I'm trying to talk myself into just being okay with having the fourth best odds. I'm trying not to be so stressed out about getting into the third. Um, I know on our Slack today, we, were, we, we had some people t- saying like, there's zero. There's no chance getting to the third. Just let's just be comfortable with getting to the fourth, into the fourth spot. And I, I agree. Um, though there is some chance, uh, I think it's much more likely OKC stays in the four. Something I'm trying to convince myself of, though, is that maybe OKC has a higher likelihood of trading up into the top three, uh, or trading up into the and getting a top four pick if they happen to fall out of the of the top four once the once the draft lottery hits, hits which is still seven weeks away. Uh, I saw Jacob tweet uh, earlier today that seven weeks until the the lottery, which is going to feel like an eternity. Uh, we have the playoffs to hold us over, though, uh, so that'd be a lot of fun and more and more stressful as time goes on. Seeing, waiting to see what position OKC ends up in, but I think yeah, uh, Sam Presti, if they if they don't end up getting the player that they want, say OKC falls to six or seven again, and the guy they want is at three or four. They of course they of course have the assets to move up, and a draft like this, um, from from what I've read and heard from guys like Sam Bassini from the Athletic, the guys at the top of this draft would still end up being would end up being the fourth or fifth best guys uh, if they were placed in last year's draft. So maybe that means Sam Presti has a higher likelihood, a cheaper overall cost to move up in this in this draft. That's what I'm trying to tell myself. That makes my life somewhat less stressful as a fan. Um, because I'm going to be thinking a lot about those lottery balls and which way they fall. Ah, 
I see in the chat here, Eamon. Yeah, the Rockets just lost 121 to 118. I'd be keeping an eye on that. Um, I really was I was hoping the Rockets would pull that out. Uh I don't know how much that that it wouldn't have actually that would have pulled the Rockets within uh, I guess a game of OKC. They've played they've played a few more games in OKC, but boy, that would have been nice. It just seems like a lot of those things are not falling OKC's way. Orlando played a close game tonight. Detroit, every game they play is close, but they cough it up at the end. It's tough. It just it kind of feels like that fourth spot is is destiny for OKC. Just gotta hope the lottery balls give you something better than the sixth pick in this draft. But uh we'll see. We'll see. Uh if you do plan on attending a th- uh, attending a Thunder game, their their last home game is April the fifth. Uh that's coming up pretty soon. I think that one was against Portland. Let's check. Uh, with six games left, yep, it's gonna be it's Tuesday, April fifth against Portland. That one tips off at seven. Um, so let's just quickly go over OKC's remaining games. So you have Detroit uh, on the first. You have Phoenix this next Sunday. That's gonna be a loss, of course. Uh, then you play against Portland. I'm hoping that OKC can split those last two games with Portland. Already won the first one. Let's see if they can lose the second one. Then it's Utah, the Lakers, the Clippers. That Lakers game. I think on the last Sunday's podcast, I tabled that game as the Lakers are definitely going to win. LeBron's going to be trying to get the scoring title. The Lakers still have stuff to play for. By the time next Friday rolls around, I don't know if the Lakers will have anything to play for because LeBron now has a hurt ankle. They just lost to the Pelicans, who are directly ahead of them in the standings. Uh, the Spurs keep winning. The Lakers are out of the play right now entirely. And they're about to play Utah without without any of their guys so they might be two or three games out of the plan by the time next friday comes around and maybe they'll sit their guys just to call it quits be done maybe they don't want to face potential embarrassment by by just kind of skirting into the playoffs at the last second and then losing to uh, one of the one of the fringe teams uh that that would be tough that would be tough for sure and then the, the clippers uh i know my fellow guys on the uncontested are kind of worried about that clippers game Feels like the Clippers kind of have it out for us since we since the Thunder owned most of their picks. I know they sat all their guys at the final game of last season. Uh, let's just all keep our fingers crossed that that does not happen again uh, this year. Uh, Joseph Dieterman, Roby will, will win us two more games. God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, another comment from Eamon. It sucks having to rely on the Magic to win. People in Orlando must have it rough. Yeah, uh, the Magic really make losing seem uh easy and uh for okc because of just coaching and the players they've they've placed on this roster it feels like they there's too many smart decisions being made for them to just lose every game they don't they don't have a cole there's not a cole anthony on the team there's not a there's not a chucker like that that's just gonna throw possessions away over and over and over again <clears throat> but uh i think that's i think that's gonna be it for tonight's podcast Let's all uh, relax tomorrow and get ready for the game this Friday. Uh, originally, that game on Friday was going to mean much, much more if OKC had lost to Portland uh, earlier this week, but still going to still gonna mean something for sure. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me live and uh, asking questions in the chat. Thank you guys for listening afterwards on your favorite podcast service. So remember to check the bed. Be sorry for Jabari. Be grimy for Jaden Ivy. And I still haven't thought of one for uh, 
Paolo Bencaro. Jacob told me he was going to think one, but he has not gotten back to me yet. So we'll see. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great night. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.